Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I am sorry. I owe everyone an apology. No, not because of the interview. The interview is the number one podcast in the world. Rachel and I couldn't be happier. We are texting and the haters are motivators and that's all. Another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I'm in a good mood, you guys. I'm in a great mood, so I hope you guys are as well. I feel like school's back for some people. You know, I hope you feel good about that. You know. <laughs> anyway, oh man, we oh, we have things to talk about. I'm going to be a hypocrite. I'm just going to, you know, trigger warning for hypocrisy right right in the beginning. Um, but I, I'm happy for a reason. And that reason is that I think that Bethany just ruined her brand. But we'll get into that later. Let's talk about our girl of the week. It's actually not the one I just mentioned. It's going to be going to um, Sam Ascari. Because let me tell you something, bitch. You'll never be that girl. Okay? So... I'm sure most of you guys know that it was announced that Britney Spears and that man that she's been letting hang out with her for the past several years are going to be getting a divorce after, what, 14 months of marriage. Now, I will admit myself that I think I let Slippery Slam, Sam, you know, slither through the cracks a little bit because I was just so happy for her that she was able to, you know get herself free from the clutches of that daddy of hers and, you know, that raggedy sister and even more raggedy mama, you know, at Al, 
right? Lou Taylor, the whole thing. And so I was like happy for her. I was like, oh, she's got this man and he's like nice to look at. And, you know, they seem to be having a good time. So, you know, I'm rocking with it. Okay. I'm just like smiling the way through it. Right. I got a side eye, you know, I feel like we all saw what Octavia Spencer said, make him sign a prenup. And I was like, absolutely. A hundred percent. And he was like, cool about it. And he was like, yo, I just want to protect my shoes and my truck, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like trying to make a joke out of it. So I'm like, okay, he seems fine enough. Right. But you know, on the other hand, it's like, I knew that this relationship was like, please, like we were about to see a six year old Sam and a seven year old Brittany together. Like, no, respectfully, that wasn't going to happen. So I'm not like shocked by this news, but then it comes out that the reason for the divorce was that just randomly one day out of nowhere, Sam was accusing Brittany of cheating on her, um, with maybe somebody of her staff, somebody who worked at the house or something and just refused to believe that she wasn't cheating. And that was it. That was the entire end of the marriage. And at that point, I'm like, girl, Sam, bitch, come on. Like, I know what I'm looking at here. And then there's coming out news that allegedly, even though Brittany made Sam find a prenup that according to sources is like very ironclad. He gets no money from anything that she made prior to their marriage um, or anything like that. I don't think he really gets anything um, that he has now been like contesting wanting to or threatening to contest the prenup and also basically flat out allegedly trying to extort her trying to be like oh I've got all these embarrassing secrets about you Brittany and if you want me to be quiet you can you know hit my Venmo so mm, it's giving Sam and I just want him to know and if any of his team if he even has one or can afford one at this point you know, those things are very expensive. You know, been living a life really nice for the past six years. And oh, quiet as kept, sir. I just heard through the grapevine that allegedly you were like some kind of fitspo kind of person on Instagram. That you had created a social media niche for yourself. I will try to, emphasis on try, link the TikTok that I found this on. This is this person is alleging that he has been following Sam since before Britney. And that in his pre-Britney days, Sam, I guess, has like a weight loss journey that he turned into like some sort of, oh, follow my fitness journey. I'll give you hits and tricks and show off my abs or whatever. And he got into this relationship with this girl who was also doing the same type of thing, had also lost a lot of weight and was like teaching people their tricks. And they became a couple, but also like a brand is like this couple who were like, you know, doing the same thing. Right. And they made plans to move to LA. And according to this person, he, Sam, the reason why Sam and Brittany met is that she, he got uh, the lead character in uh, one of her music videos right after he gets this music video the girlfriend is gone from the social media and he goes ghost Sam goes ghost and then all of a sudden he pops up being Britney's boyfriend and the rest of his history so like it's just giving he like really leveled up as soon as he could and like caught a lick sir and even though his people him behind another gmail account are saying like oh he's not trying to contest anything he's not trying to be whatever I think 
this is my opinion, that he was trying to like test the waters here and see like what the uh, audience, what we would think about all of this. And he found out very quickly, you're not that girl. You're the girl of the week, but you're not that girl. And you never will be. And I don't care how many times Brittany is spinning in her little panties in front of that camera. You're never, I'm never going to be on your side. Okay. Not going to happen. There have been allegations of, um, possible uh, spousal abuse that Brittany, excuse me, did to Sam. And that there's like, okay. Okay. Leave. Okay. And that's it. Brittany did issue a statement on Friday, I think she says. As everyone knows, Hassam and I are no longer together. Six years is a long time to be with somebody, so I'm a little shocked. But I'm not here to explain why, because it's honestly nobody's business. But I couldn't take the pain anymore, honestly. In some sort of telepathic way, I've been receiving so many messages that melt my heart from friends, and I thank you. I've been playing it strong for way too long, and my Instagram may seem perfect, but it's far from reality. And I think we all know that. I would love to show my emotions and tears on how I really feel, but for some reason, I've always had to hide my weaknesses. If I wasn't my dad's strong soldier, I would be sent away to places to get fixed by doctors. But that's when I needed my family the most. You're supposed to be loved unconditionally, not under conditions. So while I will be as strong as I can and do my best, and I'm actually doing pretty damn good. Anyways, have a good day and don't forget to smile. And then we saw some pictures of her. God bless her, because I'd be doing the exact same thing. Not a bra to be found um coming out of a hot chicken place with a buzz ball in her hand and i thought exactly period okay <laughs> i don't know if you guys have been blessed to be on this journey as i have been but the rapper plies has been really um sharing his feelings <laughs> plies does this a lot um on social media and recently he's been really um Sharing his appreciation for Britney's underwear, not in a way that you would think. Like, he's like, I don't understand <laughs> where she gets, like, he's like, no, where does she source these panties? Because I've never seen a panty like that. And he's just so happy for her to just, like, be dancing in her little panties. And I know it sounds weird, but I think he means this in a, the most legitimate <laughs> way and it's very funny and so I honestly think he's such a positive guy and I hope like maybe there's something I don't know about him and I hope not because I like him and I like to just stare into his veneers while he's talking just like you know just bask in it right but um I honestly think that he would be like maybe a good person to have I I feel for Brittany because I I know that she doesn't have many people in her corner and it's like, God, where is Felicia Collada when you need her? Like, please, somebody somebody get her over to that house. Please. That's all I've been asking. But I, I, I feel like now that Sam is gone, that that's probably very, even if they didn't like each other, probably like a loss of a stability. Like in anybody breaking up with a relationship, like you miss that constant in a way, even if you don't like them, right? <laughs> it's still part of your life. And so I feel for her in that way. And I hope that like, with this is now like the true trimming of the fat and now she can move on to bigger and better things and people who actually support her and those people honestly might be plies and Octavia, Octavia Spencer not even kidding all right moving on you guys we got to talk about a na- lady named Michaela 
I'm sure you've heard about this woman, and if you have not, let me introduce you to her. Um, she has recently come out, not on Catfish, but on a YouTube cheater brand show called Social Catfish, which is exactly like MTV's Catfish, but not with Neve and Cammie, with a few other people. But it's the exact same concept, and I'm honestly shocked that they get to do this. But anyway, her story gets got, has just recently gone viral because... Michaela, a single mother from Kentucky, an artist who is both on both sides of the camera, both as an actress and like a photographer, whatever, um, <clears throat> seems to be pretty proficient in internet like activities. She has claimed that she was in a bad relationship and her husband was very toxic she they had a child together it was just like she wasn't feeling heard wasn't feeling supported he didn't support her hobbies and she decides okay one way that I can like try to get reinforced somehow is to find an art community so she finds one like an online forum where she can share her art with other people in that forum she meets a guy who they're talking for a while and he's like, hey, I just need to admit something to you. That I'm a well-known actor. And she's like, oh my god. Not like, oh, that's weird. That's gotta be a lie. Oh my god, who could it be? Is it Johnny Depp? No? And then he admits that he is, um, I believe his, the pronunciation is Dacre? Montgomery from Stranger Things. Um, the one with a little wispy mustache from last season, right? And... <laughs> She's like, okay, interesting. I really, I happen to really like that show. And so they're talking and she's like fully believing this story that this is the guy. But they're just having a platonic relationship for a few months. They're talking, but then he starts complaining about his girlfriend. The girlfriend's also kind of in a situation like she is, like Michaela is, very controlling. He's not able to do anything. And in a year of them speaking, he starts to ask her out. Like, they're saying I love you to each other. He asks her out on a date. Do they ever go on a date? No. This is all over text, by the way. They're not like, even, like, speaking on the phone. They even ask Michaela, didn't you find that to be a red flag? She's like, well, no. He had me so convinced that his girlfriend was so controlling that, like, talking on the phone was never an option. And she believed him. So, eventually... Their relationship gets so serious that he gives her an ultimatum and is like, you need to choose between your husband or me. And so she makes the decision to confront her now estranged husband and tell her him it's not working out. You're not letting me be me. And a couple months later, he ends up leaving, moving out. Right. So she's like, you know, I did have reservations, but he kept assuring her in different ways like there was like the day before stranger things season four comes out he tells her oh watch out for episode four and this is like the episode where his character comes back so she's like oh my god how would he have known that the day before the release right so she's now fully hooked and now dacre starts asking her for money because, you know, he's now got her convinced my ex or, you know, my, my girl's super controlling. He's also told her, I've broken up with her and, you know, we're just keeping 
things public, but we're not like really talking about the breakup, right? Which she also was like, okay, I'm looking through his social media and I'm noticing that it's lining up that with his social media, he stopped kind of posting these loving posts about his girlfriend around the same time that he's saying that they broke up. So she's like, okay, well, everything's making sense. So she's like, you know, I, he would ask for money here and there and I would give it to him. But suddenly she's now sending him (laughs) gift cards. But she says, I'm, I used to do this too. I used to run this game too, where you would get gift cards and you would sell them to people for a fraction of the price and just pocket the money because you don't want the gift card to like old Navy, right? So you would sell a $50 chick, uh, gift card for 30 bucks or whatever, right? So she would send him $100, $200 gift cards here and there, and, there, and then he would sell them for, you know, less than the value <laughs> to pocket the money. And this was, she sent him gift cards in the tune of $10,000. 10000 Now, Michaela, like, get fucking real. Who is he selling these gift cards to? Millie Bobby Brown? Like, get real. Like, you think Noah Schnapp gave him $45 for a $75 Red Lobster gift card? Like, lady, wake up. Stand up. And then this man really tries to hit a lick because he's like, oh, I, I got this $5,500 check. I need you to deposit it for me and just keep the money and then and then give me the money. So, like, girl, open a bank account, deposit this check. So she did it. Why you would admit to this is beyond me. But she's like, yeah, I go to the bank. I open an account and I tell them, freeze the account until the check actually clears, which it obviously doesn't. And then they go, they just do a reverse image search for this check and the signature on the check. And it's very easily Googleable and was like a, a very typical scam that people were playing. And so they tell her the results of this and she's like, yeah, <laughs> I figured. Did you? Why are we here then, Michaela? What's going on? Like, Michaela, are you stupid or are you dumb? Like, what I mean by, are you stupid? Did you really get tricked by this man? Or are you dumb enough to want to be whatever level of famous or notable on the internet that you would be willing to do this, bouge, like, cheater brand catfish in order to get your name on, on a pop crave headline? Like, which one is it, man? That's what I want to know. And this, like, I've been wanting to talk about 90 Day Fiancé for just a little bit. So if you just want to hang on with me. If y'all have been watching before the 90 Days, it's been years since I've, like, actively kept up with a 90 Day franchise. But I'm up to date on 90 Day before the 90 Days. And one of the storylines is a guy named Tyree, who is Catfish. Now, he tells us in the beginning of, like, episode one or two that... Listen, I watched the show Catfish. I know what the, ti- you know, the tricks are. Like, I I know how to spot a catfish, right? But his situation is that he's been talking to this girl named Carmela for, like, however many years online. And that she, he thinks that she lives in Barbados. This is what she's been telling him. He flew down to Barbados at one point. She wouldn't w- meet up with him. Come to find out, she is like, they tell him, oh, you're being scammed by a dude. Like, we found this guy pretty easily. And the producers tell him, it's a dude behind this account. And then Ty Ray's response is, well, 
what if it's actually a woman and she's like running a scam with this guy and like there's a chance that she's actually really in love with me like I would really like to actually meet her and really get to the bottom of this because I don't think I'm being catfished like I still think there's a chance in hell that I'm not being catfished and so we have to go through this whole rigmarole to find out that this chick's pictures that he's been receiving is actually I guess an escort and she lives in California not too far from where he lives but we meet the girl or that's who the, this scammer man is like there's no person in Barbados I guess so that he meets the girl behind the pictures he goes to Denver to meet her and he is like kind of flirting with her as though he still thinks that the person he's been talking to this whole time is the girl that he's looking at now. And she just got on this ride, dude. That's not what's been happening. And she's like being nice to him because she feels bad. And she's like trying to answer his questions. He's like, I just want to know, like, did you have anything to do with this? And she's like, no. <laughs> and so at the end of their meeting, he's like, well, hey, like, why don't we still like keep up in communication? Like, I'd still like to text you. Like, he gives her a candle first for their meeting <laughs> I'd still like to text you I'd still like to get to know you and she's like yeah yeah and he's like yeah maybe you can fly to California and we can hang out and she's like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like sir you don't know her I know that this is confusing but you've been catfished and his whole family's in on it and they're like having to gently like they're rubbing their temples and being like Tyree sweetie I get that you want this to be something that it isn't, but it isn't that thing. You got to wake up, baby. And he just like refuses to. Finally, he comes to it. And it's just like very frustrating. <laughs> so frustrating. And I have a little bit of a hot take. Now, granted, I haven't watched like, you're going to listen to this. I haven't, I'm not like completely up to date. I'm as of last week up to date with 90 Day. And as of last week, Cleo and Christian over there in London were, like, getting into it because they had had sex. Cleo is a trans woman. Christian said that he was okay with her being trans, and then, but he never told his family that he was dating a trans woman until right before he left to go fly to see her. They felt some type of way about it. He's very close to them, and then he, like, you know, his foundation got a little shaky there. And so Cleo obviously felt rightfully very insecure. Like, is this man actually going to be able to date me right and so they there's like an issue because he's like kind of being like oh I want to take it slow with intimacy I'm not the person who makes the first move even though every conversation that they've had according to Cleo would lead her to believe that he is very forthright and very flirtatious and very like the one to make the first move she's now like in her head and thinks you know it's because I'm a trans woman because his family doesn't approve of this, right? So they do have sex. And she tells us that they did. It was very special, very intimate. And he tells us, well, we went to like second base or whatever. We didn't go all the way, you know, but we fooled around. And so Cleo tells us later that she had to go to school. So they weren't together. He texts her and was like, hey, what did you tell the producers? Because I didn't tell them that we had sex. Did you? And she was like, yeah. So she tells us that, like, you know, she's feeling some type of way about that because it feels like he just didn't want to admit to having sex with a trans woman, right? 
So she gets her friend involved and is like, you know, because she's also um, on the spectrum, has, you know, difficulty sharing, processing and like, you know, speaking her mind. So she has her friend there kind of like as a backup to like help her communicate. Right. And Christian's like, I'm feeling very attacked. It's two on one. I don't like this. And he says that what really happened was that he was trying to get on the same page with her and was like, I didn't want you to feel uncomfortable if I said too much. So I was just letting you know. And I just want to say, this is my hot take. Is that like, um, mm, I'm like, mm. Christian, she ended up forgiving him and he did have some good bars. He did say some nice things there, but I just feel like maybe he got himself out of a situation where he looked bad and was like, "Uh Oh, I'm about to look back on television and like cleaned up his act and cleaned up his story a little bit. I I've got my eye on him. I really do. I don't trust him. And he really acted like, no, this insecurity with my family, not approving of you was just like a very brief thing. I, I don't still feel that way. And it's like, okay, well, she didn't know. She didn't know that. And I think it's like also fair to be like, I understand where you're coming from. Even if you feel like Christian, she was feeling or she was being um, unfair to you or she was reading the situation wrong. You still have to understand that this is a trans woman and she's also on the spectrum and that like she has had to come from a very different experience where she's probably felt like fetishized or othered or when guys are like cool you know (laughs) behind closed doors but then they don't want to hold your hand you know in public not that christian has been doing that i will say but like she's coming from a place where like there's probably a lot of you know situations like that and i and i get it and i feel her on that and so like he was really being like you hurt me without understanding where she might be coming from and i thought that was unfair and i i think he got away with something but i if as long as he tightens up from here on out we'll be all right but i don't trust him and that's my truth i can't talk about gino and jasmine because of the the <sighs> the golden shower situation and how they finally connected once, once that happened. And I'm not to kink shame them. It's Gino and Jasmine specific. I just, I don't want to go there. I just, so I'm not going to, we should talk about our, our, can I get a hell? Yeah. Let's end on a high note. Shall we? (laughs) Our, can I get a hell? Yeah. is going out to your lover boy and mine. Summer house's Kyle cook. Now I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I thought, you know, if Bethany can be a hypocrite, then so can I, you know, fuck it. We're living in America. I can do whatever the hell I want for now. So fuck it. (laughs) Y'all know this three part disaster ad fest that happened with Bethany on Bethany's uh, number one podcast in the world. Uh, She did the interview with Rachel of Vanderpump Rules to give her a voice or whatever. And I haven't listened to it. I'm not going to, but Shout out to Page Six for getting crunching the numbers for me. So y'all said what one of the main uh, comments that I heard, complaints that I heard about this is that it had hella ads, and I'm hearing according to Page Six that the three episodes were 139 minutes total, 
39 minutes of that were ads? Oh my god, that's about 30%. Damn. And so I guess her side came out to be like, oh, whatever, like, you know, this is iHeart. She's through her company, and like, that's who does, puts the ads in her content, right? Okay, fair enough. But the larger point is, Nan, one of those uh, advertising dollars are going to go to Rachel's account. They're all going to go to yours. So we find out that Rachel did not get paid to do this interview, this huge interview. You know, this is like now three week of Be- week three of Bethany like ramping up this reality TV reckoning against the executives of NBC Universal and you know reality TV at large. A, a thing that we can all agree is at its face a very great thing. We're all pro union up in this bitch, right? Like. This is a pro-union podcast. I'm all for fair compensation and things like that. Because it's absolutely true. If I'm turning on Bravo at, um, you know, 3 o'clock on a Wednesday and they're playing Harry Potter, why does uh, Ron Weasley get paid? And, um, you know, on Tuesday, there's a whole, you know, rerun of uh, season one of whatever the hell. <laughs> Real Housewives of Miami, and why why doesn't um you know Leah Black get paid for that? You know that's not fair. If they're airing on the same network, like y'all both deserve equal and fair compensation for that. I think that's completely fair. However, the way that Bethany is going about this, and the you know it's like we almost have to be find a silver lining. And Rachel is like, I think she unwittingly kind of ruined Bethany's whole brand or at least put like a pretty major dent in it with this interview she did that was not her intention but you know i got to appreciate some kind of silver lining you know but anyway i say all this to say kyle went on the two judgy girls instagram account and led the chopper spray let let the and it was a chopper build of like uh, lover boy lemon spritz okay and he says the irony of it all Bethany cashing in on ads as she exposes Bravo's exploits and gets gives Rachel, quote-unquote, a voice. She literally has more ad spots than any other podcast I've ever listened to. Rachel won't see a dime, LOL. <laughs> and then he says, you know, I, I would guess that she probably had to pay to Bethany to even record this. If this was a true PSA, it would be ad-free. So the source goes to page six and says, you know... Uh, Bethany flew herself out to Arizona, I guess, to, to do the interview and, and the thing about the ads. But yeah, again, if you're the, the, the only person who gets the revenue, then that's it. Now, quiet as a cap, like, y'all know, people come on podcasts, usually that's free. It's not like people are guessing, like, I don't have a fee to guest on a podcast. That's not really how that works. But... If you, Bethany, who have been tooting the horn about how people should be compensated and you're getting this person on who is, let's be real, like, I'm going to be fair to Rachel, quite vulnerable, very impressionable, like, we've seen this, we've seen this, like, not somebody who, you know, somebody who very easily takes under the wing of somebody stronger than them, that's how she got here in the first place. But let's just like talk about the lowlights of what happened from, from what I heard, because again, I did not actually sit down and listen to this, but we've all heard 
they happen. The thing that has been tickling me since I heard it, <laughs> we're going to start with the high note, is um, Rachel issuing a HIPAA violation against Andy Cohen, not medical professional, not doctor. Now we have to get into what a HIPAA violation is. I mean, listen, I'm not a doctor or a medical professional, but I can do like a HIPAA for dummies. And I can tell you that a HIPAA violation would apply to people actually who have actual access or even the chance of access to your personal medical information. A doctor, a nurse, even like a janitor who works there, like anybody who works in the field who who would have your personal information. Now, Rachel is saying that Andy violated her HIPAA rights by saying that he thought that she seemed medicated at the reunion. That an opinion that a person has, I think she's getting confused because she's like, he's my boss, even though like really he isn't because he doesn't have any executive producer power on Vanderpump. Like he literally just does the interviews or the, you know, the reunions, the guys like he doesn't have anything to do with Vanderpump really. Um, but I guess he's your boss. Okay. Let's just say that. Right. But, um, and maybe he is in like the Bravo sense, but not in the Vanderpump rule sense. So that's not true. <laughs> and I just like, I'm thinking when Rachel said that to Bethany, and I know that Bethany has to know what a HIPAA violation is. <laughs> like the chill that must have gone up her spine. She's like, damn, I, I fucked. I made a huge mistake here. I think I hitched my... Hitch my wagon to the wrong pony here. <laughs> just, that really, the imagery of that really made me laugh. I was like, oh God, this, this fucking idiot. But anyway, um, other things that she had mentioned. Here's one thing that I don't like, and this might just be like a personal thing that I have. I do not like when somebody diminishes a relationship after the fact to sort of justify their behavior. So I'm hearing that she's saying, oh, you know, Ariana and I weren't really best friends. We only hung out because Tom was inviting me places. I was really more his friend than hers. And it was like, you know, you know, just sort of like, what, what does this do? You say that. And, and so what? So you being all up in her house and hanging out with her and like, you're still in her space. Okay. Maybe you didn't feel connected to her, even though you were connected to her enough to think that it might be a legitimate possibility because you loved her so much all up in that interview to say, um, we could possibly be a thruple, me, Ariana and Tom, because I love her and I love him. Like I love her a lot as a friend, as a friend. I love her as a friend. That's what she said. As a friend, you love her. But now y'all weren't really friends like that. It was only through Tom. I don't like when people do that. And and she also did that with with um Sheena, being like, oh, yeah, Sheena gave me her apartment, but, like, I, you know, f- had to feed her cat because she was best feeding at the time. And, like, I did her podcast, and she told me later that the podcast was the most popular podcast that she had ever done up until that point. So I was like, okay, so what? <laughs> So what, what does that have to do with your actions and what you did? What did we gain from this treatment? Cause I'm not hearing a lick of like ownership other than her saying like, I take ownership, but listen to me say something. I'm Oprah Winfrey. I'm a billionaire. I'm Michael Jackson reincarnated. We can all say things, you know, 
I, 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 I've done the work. We could all say it, but is it true? Like everything else that you're saying outside of I take ownership is not giving. It's not giving ownership at all. It's giving lease. It's giving rental. It's giving. I don't know what. It just loose contract at, at most. It's giving layaway. The level of ownership is giving layaway. You know? So what other things were said? Oh, um, the bouncing back and forth between fuck Bravo and, like, I was still very much willing to work with them was also very funny to me because there were times where I heard a clip where Bethany was like, oh... So you did want to work with them. So she's at one side of talking out of both sides of her mouth. On the left side, she's saying, I don't want to do reality TV ever again. Um, you know, like Bravo did me so dirty. They assigned me a mental health advocate before uh, the reunion. They promised me one. But the day before they, um, you know, the paparazzi caught me outside of a nail salon. And I was just answering questions and I wasn't giving anything away. But uh, I you know, was just talking to them. And I think Bravo punished me by taking away my mental health advocate and, um, things like she filmed a scene with Tom after everything came out, um, talking to him about the a screen recording that he took of her without her consent of them doing whatever they were doing and how they filmed the scene talking about that. But then after that, he got upset with her and how he basically held off from, filming in order to like gain leverage and then he ended up he told her that he got a producer credit on the show like what (laughs) how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down 
by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. <laughs> Girl, that did not happen. A producer credit for what? For what? And you're saying, oh, well, I was willing to come back if I was going to get paid as much as Tom and Ariana, but then I wasn't. So whatever. So like, I'm not coming back. Okay. Where did you think that was going to... So you wanted to be... This This is a reality show, girl. This is your life. So if you decide I'm going to blow my whole shit up behind closed doors and if it happens to come out then that's the reality of what happens why do you need to get paid more because you made bad choices that ended up being like a ratings juggernaut like I get it no I don't (laughs) I can understand being like maybe I would like to get paid more for this season because I know emotionally it's going to be a lot for me like if you guys could help me out maybe that much she also wanted to get um wanted them to pay for her uh stay at the mental health facility but the bottom line is you're wanting to get paid as much as somebody who's been on people who've been on since the first and second seasons respectively (laughs) and you just signed on in the sixth season like that just doesn't make sense and it's not fair to like you know it just doesn't make sense girl like you're not this this is going to be a storyline, but like only for the next season. And it's not really even going to be next season because you're not going to be on there. So, and uh, congratulations on your future podcast. <laughs> a podcast. A podcast. Don't, don't even bother. Don't, don't even bother with the RSS feed. Don't do it. And honestly, I don't really want to talk about too much, but I will say that this is something, maybe I just haven't seen people talk about it. But I felt like she talked about, you know, some accusations that about James and Kristen and James, I guess, being abusive towards Kristen and how in exchange for Kristen's silence, she was given this upcoming spinoff show with Jackson Brittany. And I thought I saw Kristen's response to that and I thought it was like a lot nicer than I would have been about it because um fuck you two times for that like you're talking about a situation that's personal to me and not really any of your business and then being like oh and I took hush money for it what like I would have been really pissed off about that and I thought that Kristen just simply being like hey um what she did say was true but I definitely didn't take hush money or a show in exchange for my silence I would have been much more verbose verbose about that if that if that were me i would have been pretty fucking pissed off honestly and also before we end i just wanted to think of one more thing or talk about one more thing to kyle's point um this was broken up into three parts right so well you can say yes it is to some extent up to the company to place the ads and how many ads or whatever you can also, as a podcaster, 
tell them how many ads you want to put in, you know, how many spots you would like to fill. And also, I'm pretty sure you could tell them, I only want this podcast to be one part or two parts and not three. Three feels like that's a smoking gun for me because this was like an hour and what, 20 minute podcast, sorry, two hour and 20 minute podcast that would have been a real cute two part, one hour, just a little bit over an hour each. But you decided to do that to three, which was really giving Greedylicious, in my opinion, as a fellow podcaster. Like that feels like a choice that you made or a choice that you could have like put your foot down about because I could just release whatever the fuck I want. They they don't tell me to like split it up into parts. So mm, I don't know, girl. I don't know. Like I'm not with iHeart. Shout out to Acast, but I know people who are. So I know things. I know things. Anyway, with that, congratulations to Ariana on her new book, Single AF Cocktails, <laughs> and for Sheeta for her new song called Apples, a pop punk dedication to the bad people in your life. Maybe even people that you flew to New York with and found out that you were cheating with your best friend's partner and you got into uh, fisticuffs with. So check that out. I think it's on Spotify. Listen to it. Like the beat. And with that, the rest of the episode is going to be a recap of And Just Like That, the penultimate episode. Let's get into so. it. I just got out of an eight-month relationship with a married straight white woman. I know. I know what you're thinking. Eight months? Wouldn't it have been quicker and less painful to just slam my dick in a car door? The good news, she was very sexually adventurous. Oh, yeah. Wild, in fact. Yeah, she brought four people into our bed. Me, her, her husband, and her son. Y'all, this episode of And Just Like That pissed me off. And thank God it's the penultimate because y'all are really working my nerves and irking, working and irking. So let's debrief together as to the fuckery that happened here. So the episode begins with Carrie and Aiden going to Coney Island, right? A place that Carrie says that she has not been in the 35 years of her living in New York. Which does not surprise me, but they're going there to see Steve's new restaurant. I guess Aiden is going to be investing in it like he did with Scout, and so they're, like, going to check out the new place. While they're there, Wyatt, Steve, no, Aiden's youngest son, FaceTimes him asking him to come home, because, like, in his words, mom's being a real dick and trying to take his phone away, so, like... They're in a little situation, right? So while he's on the phone, Steve is talking to Carrie about how when he was going through the divorce and processing his emotions and all of that, he would go out and look at the ocean, (laughs) the beautiful ocean view that you get from Coney Island, and that he was just like, oh, I got to get my groove back. I've been living in fucking Brooklyn Heights or whatever, bougie Brooklyn for however many years now. This is a real me. I'd like to be slinging oysters and burgers down by the shore. And so I'm going to do it. Thanks, Aiden, for the money. So Charlotte, then we're back in the city, right? And Charlotte shows some art pieces off to none other than Sam Smith. (laughs) 
Okay. But then she gets a call from Rock, right? Rock is at school, needs their notebook for some presentation at six period. But Charlotte's like, yo, I'm busy selling, you know, multi-million dollar pieces to pop stars here. Call your daddy. So she ends up calling her daddy. And Harry, sorry, her husband rather. And Harry, who we find out actually does have a job. Hasn't had uh, one stint in the office or even a mention of having to do a little file or anything all season. And all of a sudden, he's so booked and busy. Uh, how did you get this phone call through to my secretary? I thought my father died. I thought this was an emergency. And then Charlotte hits him with the, um, you better get your ass down to that expensive private school, sir. Because you are about to mess up and say that, like, I should do it because I'm the mom, but you're the father. So is that the road that you want to go down? And he's like, mm -mm, no, ma'am, I don't. I'll go down to the school there in just a moment. Thank you. If Harry can um, fuss and fight about some uh, dumplings for Herbert's event last week, he can certainly help his children, something that he barely seems to be doing. So basically after that Charlotte goes to the brunch with the ladies, right? Lily's hitting up her phone, blowing it up. She's like, girl bye i'm on brunch time with my friends it's a saturday figure it out and then she's like i don't want to talk about it ladies but i do because all my kids are regressing harry's regressing they're just like texting and calling me all the live long day and i'm sick of it but you know what we have things to celebrate because lisa's getting a pbs 10 part documentary and also carrie you want a raffle because we gotta drum up some storylines here we're almost done with the season right so carrie you want a raffle for the school you're gonna get a 16 um guest dinner at your house by some michelin chef they keep alluding to like this being a big build up like who's it gonna be who's the mystery chef the hot chef but like they don't ever address who he is but any or she let me be inclusive okay um so carrie decides okay this isn't going to be like a welcome party for the new place it's actually going to be like a last supper party for my apartment before moving into my place with aiden so then Carrie, they like break up, right? And after brunch, Carrie and Miranda pair off and Carrie's telling Miranda about like Steve's new place and how later that week she's like, oh, you know, I'm going to be going to Brooklyn to go see Che's comedy concert. So I'm actually doing like a whole outer borough tour this week. And Miranda has to tell her, no girl, Coney Island's also in Brooklyn. You're just going to Brooklyn two times this week. That's it. But this is actually more of a tour of my exes. But what's that about? So Carrie's like, well, they're my friends too. Like, I just want to support them. And I just wanted to let you know, give you a heads up, right? And like, I, that was like red flag number one with me, Miss Carrie. Because why are you getting a little gruff and you're getting a little bass in your voice over Che, over me? Lifer. I, I, I'm, I'm talking as Miranda. I've been your friends for decades now. And you're like, well, Che's my friend too. So like, get used to it, buddy. And it's like, okay, you met Che through a podcast that they were barely on before they left to go to California. And you know what? Podcasting relationships can be significant, but like, not so much that, uh, again, the bass and the voice, like, back off, girl. So then we see LTW and Charlotte pair off in what they talk about, right? And LTW is like, Charlotte, maybe stop telling people about this PBS documentary. Like, I just don't know 
how things are going to go, right? And when Charlotte's like, no, you really should be proud. I'm going to keep telling people. And also, think about all the unsung, unsung Black women's stories you'll be able to tell now. Um, excuse me again, ma'am, Miss Charlotte. You're not about to tell me, Miss Park Avenue, uh, how I'm going to be missing out on opportunities of opening doors for my people. You're not going to guilt me into that, ma'am. So LTW has to be like, um, I'm pregnant and I'm fucking overwhelmed. Like, I thought this was going to be the time where, like, my kids were on autopilot and I could do my own thing and settle back into my career. But now what the hell am I going to do with a newborn? How am I going to do that? Right. And so Charlotte's like, no, I think you can do it. And Lisa's like, you know, I got a lot going on. Like, I got three kids. I feel like we've only ever seen two of them. Herbert Jr. and and Grace or Gail or whatever the hell her name is, Guinevere. And um, you'll have three, I think. I don't know. But anyway, Charlotte's just like, you know, you can do fine. But Lisa's like, you know, even with help, it's a lot. You know, I just thought this was my time and I'm not really feeling it. Then we have to go over to the vet's office, right? Chase working and their boss, Judy's like, what do I need to wear to your comedy concert? Your upcoming comedy concert, right? And... Jay's like, oh, you don't have to go. But Judy's like, oh, I went to your performance at the Tropicana, foreshadowing. So I'm going to be there, right? The vet comes out to misgender Che. And then it turns into this conversation of, like, who Che used to be, right? And how Judy's telling Che, like, you know, he's just used to the person that you were last time you worked here. And Che's like, but that's not who I am now. Like, how would he feel if I went around calling him a young? Damn, you got him, Che. So then we see Anthony and Giuseppe. Like, we're really tying up loose ends here, right? Anthony and Giuseppe, they're fucking now. Fully in a relationship, right? And Giuseppe's like, thanks for the dick, sir. How about you toot it up. And Anthony's like, no, that's not what I do. You're the bottom. I'm not, I don't do that. Right. And so just Giuseppe's like, basically like I'm verse, you know, and I want you to feel something wonderful. And I know how to be gentle. And Anthony's like, Mm-mm. no, no, no. So Giuseppe's like, okay, what is this about? Really? And Anthony's like, it's about your nine inches. How about that? But then he admits he's never bottomed ever because he's quote, not the woman. And gay men in his generation see things differently. Like, the roles are more defined. And I just remember there being, like, multiple mentions of Stanny Stanford being a top and how, like, tee-hee-hee, retroact- or, like, regressively, or whatever the call. Like, it, it, how funny that was because he was, like, effeminate, right? Like, oh, my God, he's the top? Oh, my God, he's the one who got a blowjob? Like, what? <laughs> like, how wild that was in the 90s, right? Um, so... You know, that leads me with a lot of questions, but whatever. Giuseppe just asks, you know, the universal question. Why can't we just be two men getting fucked on and off, right? You fuck me on Monday. I fuck you on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, all all the days, right? And Anthony's like, you know, there are many gay relationships that don't have penetration. And most straight ones don't either. So, like, don't worry. And Giuseppe's like, you know, I hear you. But why would you be afraid of more love? <laughs> and that was really like, oh, this was like a very straight man thing to say. Like, why would you take more love away from me? Like, okay, nice try. And Anthony's like, you know what? Don't poet me right now. Okay. And then we see Anthony's cheeks, which were actually nice. Good job. 
Then we see Seema fucking, um, not Taika Waititi, and she tells him in the throes of him being inside of her that she loves him. And he says, I love you back. And then immediately, you can see on her face, she has, like, a crisis of conscience and conscience, and more on that later. So Seema actually meets up with Carrie at the soon-to-be her old apartment, right? What's her face from downstairs, the jeweler, bought the apartment for what we're led to believe is like a hell of a price. Like Seema can barely even look at her in the face for what Carrie sold that apartment to her for, right? It's brought up multiple times. So Seema's talking to Carrie like, I'm in a, I'm in a bind here. I said I love you too soon to that man. I haven't even vetted him. This has only been three and a half weeks. This was like 30 years of smart dating that I just threw away just like that. And just like that, I threw that away. And Carrie's like, you know what? Given where I am, I'm in a place of yes. So I'm going to tell you that like, if you feel love, run after it. Give it all you've got. But then Carrie gets distracted by the cat that Che gave her. It it was sitting in a shoebox. And she's like, well, I guess I have to take that cat now. So I'm not really sure where we're landing on the cat, but good. Oh, also, by the way, I was doing a walk last week and I happened to be in Gramercy and I walked past, (laughs) I walked past the new apartment of Carrie and Aiden's and didn't seem to be much going on there. So I guess we'll have to see at the, the, the season's finale what happens. Do you remember how Miranda got a job last week? Okay, suddenly that boss is now back from uh, maternity leave. I think she said she took like three weeks or something. But she comes back. Miranda's so relieved. But she's still wanting Miranda to be her like assistant go-to gal, right? So they have to go somewhere to the UN. All of this is just a meet-cute for uh, Miranda to meet this British lady named Joy. This like tall lady that that was literally it like there's it's just a look you know not not like fully we're dating but there was a spark there we'll say that so Miranda goes home to talk to Naya and I feel like the writers just completely have given up on Naya being like interesting or like cool like we were I thought we were getting this like lady professor from Harlem and she wears cool things and she's got like African prince in her apartment and like she's really going to teach Miranda black black lady things but no here she is at the computer be like oh I just uh, RSVP'd to Carrie's party I'm so excited if you told me that there was going to be a Michelin chef anywhere I would cut my arm off if it was prepared by a Michelin chef <laughs> isn't that funny Miranda no it's not corny so Miranda's like, you know what? I'm actually really more concerned about Che than the food because Che's going to be there because my best friend of 30 fucking years is a bad friend. But then Naya, in the middle of this, gets a little uh, message on her computer saying that she is invited to a co-ed baby shower from her ex-husband with the registry attached. So Naya is like, you know what? I should really do what you do, Miranda, and just cut my exes off. But Miranda's, like, offended by this and is like, I don't do that. And Naya's like, no, 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 don't even get offended. Like, I'm not even judging you. You cut people off cold turkey, though. Like, that's real. But then Naya decides to buy a $1,000 stroller so that hipster Heidi, as she calls her, can look look out of that stroller and know (laughs) that her baby daddy's ex-wife, professor with a disposable income, bought it. Wow. And here's here's where I want to talk about this. There's like a constant narrative of Miranda cutting off her exes. And it's like, 
What is she doing so differently from any of the rest of you guys? Isn't that what a breakup is? Usually you guys stop talking. Usually there's a cutting off that happens. She divorced Steve. What do you want her to do? Be besties with him? Like, you didn't talk to Aiden for 13 fucking years. So, you know? I don't see you uh, picking up Burger's next nonfiction book. We haven't heard you talk about the Russian. Is Trey and his limp dick coming up to his old apartment that you got in the divorce to have dinner with you and Harry and Lily and Rock and and Richard Branson or whatever the fuck? (laughs) Richard Burton, the dog? No. So what's so wrong with what Miranda's doing? That's what I want to know. And then we see what exactly Miranda's cutting off, which is Che at home smoking a doobie and watching old comedy concerts on their laptop, going back to that set of the Tropicana that we heard about earlier from, from Judy, the vet lady, right? Where Che was still performing as Cheryl Diaz, long hair, performing as like straight, telling the worst, the worst comedy concert jokes about dating like uh you know i've been going on a lot of dates and ladies let me know if you can relate i'm fucking starving i haven't had a full meal in weeks yeah i'll have the small dinner salad dressing on the side all my weight is in my boobs (laughs) like oh god kill me (laughs) kill me so then we go over to lisa and and that's what we want to Begrudge Miranda for cutting off, okay? Great. Let's go over to Lisa and Herbert's. Lisa's literally punching the pillows, mumbling at Herbert, asking Herbert, why didn't you get a vasectomy eight years ago after Gabby was born? That's her name. Gabby was born. And this man is like, well, let's actually have a conversation about that. If you remember, you were a little postpartum. And Lisa goes, there's no such thing as a little postpartum. He goes, okay. Well, I just didn't know if it was the hormones, but like, I didn't know what you were going through. So I just kind of let it slide in case one day in the future, you might decide to want to have another child. You just let it slide. Hmm. And then he's like, well, listen, if anybody can do this, you can. Chin up, kiddo. And Lisa's like, um, excuse you, you're in the middle of a political campaign for Comptroller. You barely helped me with our three kids to begin with. And so what happens when you win? What then? And so Herbert, I think we just leaped over. I'm really going to help you or we'll make sure that you, we hire the right people or something to make you feel. He's like, well, maybe we'll have the other conversation like abortion. Now make no mistake. It's pro choice up in here. I just felt like maybe that's certainly a conversation to be had. But I just felt like she was looking for support and you were like, oh, well, let's just abort the baby. (laughs) And that just felt like there maybe could have been a step in between there. (laughs) So Lisa tells him, thank you for giving me that option. I do appreciate it. I'm grateful to have the option, but like, I just, I don't think I'm going to do it. I just really need to wrap my head around the new reality like I always do. And Herbert's like, yeah, like you always do. So then we see Anthony. This was really the scene for me. Ooh. Anthony goes over to Carrie's apartment, right? He's all upset because he's not bottoming, right? But then he sees that there are two Cosmos on the table. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> 
He sees that there are two Cosmos on the table, and Carrie tells him that Stanford wrote her a letter and asked her to speak to him, right? Because he's now back in Kyoto, and he's going to stay because he's a Shinto monk. She shows him a picture of him in his, like, monk garb and explains what happened. He had that TikTok client in Japan, but they got into this huge fight. So he had this whole, like, existential crisis. He was crying all over Kyoto for days until he found himself by a temple. And he wrote, Carrie, for the first time in my life, I felt peace. Real peace. And so Anthony's like, well... I can't believe it. Why wouldn't he just tell me this himself? And then Carrie reads from the letter. I tell Anthony myself, but he'd make fun of it. And Anthony's like, yeah, like I, I just did. Yeah. So then she tells him that, uh, that uh, Stanford gave Anthony the apartment and all of his belongings are now for him because he's let go of all the things that serve him. And this leads Anthony to have an epiphany about how he's still holding on to the things that don't serve him like not bottoming. So then they do a cheers with the cosmos to Stanford and Carrie slash Sarah Jessica winks at Anthony and she just drinks the whole thing. And it was so like, ah, ah. So I read like why they decided to go in this direction of him being a Shinto monk. So apparently during, um, I guess I didn't see, uh, the second movie, Sex and the City two, but I guess at some point they go to Japan. I don't know. Carrie, what I'm hearing is that Sarah Jessica and, and Willie Garson Stanford were in Japan. They were in Kyoto and that like he, they were there and that he like felt a lot of peace. They happened to like come across the temple and he was like, Oh my God, like I'm just feeling all these things. So she just wanted him to like always be in a place where he felt the most happy, like Stanford. Oh, that makes me so sad. <laughs> oh, I loved Willie Gar. I loved Stanford. He was like one of my favorite cast members on the show. We got to move on. I'm going to cry some real thug tears over here. Speaking of taking a bunch of drinks to the dome, uh, Charlotte is about to leave for work, right? And she's going down the stairs, click clacking in her heels. But her coworkers are like, girl, you sold that piece to Sam Smith. We go out every time we sell a piece over 100K. And so Charlotte's like, oh, you know, it's 630. I got to go feed my kids and Richard Branson or whatever. But uh, they're like, no, girl, slay mama. Slay Charlotte. Let's go. And they're like, okay, I'll just go for one drink. And we know tales old as time. One drink turns into four. Give me one margarita. She's open her legs. Two margaritas. You know the rest. She threw at four margaritas. Charlotte threw her uh, phone into a picture of other margaritas and was like, fuck it. <laughs> we ball. After that, Jay, or at the same time, Carrie and Jay, Aiden go over to Che's comedy concert, right? And Aiden, while they're waiting to go in line, says, you know, we can't sit in the front. I really don't want to sit in the front because last time I went to a comedy concert, I got called Country Lurch by one of the comedians, which is honestly like the funniest, light years funnier than Che has ever said. Country Lurch, that's a good one. <laughs> So Miranda then shows up as a surprise, right? And is like, this is a, a, her trying to rewrite history. She's feeling guilty from cutting Skipper off 45 years ago. And is like, I just don't want to be somebody who throws my exes away. To which I say like, what is the responsibility with exes? Isn't that the point that y'all don't have a relationship anymore? 
Bye. <laughs> and then Toby, the bald chick with the kittens that ran into Che's vet, and they were making flirties with Che, also shows up, right? In a, in a like a, a captain's hat. Like a, like a train conductor, right? Um, so then Che's set, they're all settled down in the back. And Chase said as follows, you know, I just got out of an eight month relationship with a married straight white woman. I know, I know. Wouldn't it have just been quicker to stick my dick in a car door and slam it? (laughs) The good news, she was very sexually adventurous. Wild, in fact. She brought four people into our bed. Me, her, her husband, and her son. Time out, time out, time out. Because, uh, if memory serves me correct... Oliver Hudson and all of his chunky jewelry was trying to get a cheeky finger into Miranda while y'all shared a bed like three episodes ago. So who's really bringing people into other people's relationships? Che? Because you brought your husband into it too. Literally. Che, you literally brought your husband into their y'all's bed. So fuck you. So then Che goes, oh, so, you know, like, it was not so much a, a fuck as like a mind fuck, you know? So... Before me, she'd only been with men. So the first time we had sex, it took forever. Like, no, really. She kept waiting for my clit to get hard. Yeah, my lady was very confused. Like, am I queer? Am I bi? Am I les? Just all over the menu. Like, I'll take queer with a side of bi and hold the mayo. (laughs) You know, and it's not just her. Like, I was confused. She was confused about everything. And I was confused about why I was fucking her. Oh, 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 excuse the fuck out of me. Now, mind you, Carrie and Aiden are not saying anything. That Carrie's just sitting there looking guilty, doing maybe a little occasional side eye to see if Miranda's completely combusted yet over the evisceration that's happening to her on this stage. But Miranda gets up to leave by herself. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jay doesn't realize that Miranda's even there until like she's trying to leave out the side door and they make eyes at each other, right? So then Jay gets all flustered and chases after Miranda and Miranda's like, not funny. Not funny. And when Che's like, oh, I didn't realize you were there. Miranda's like, what difference does that make? Who makes jokes about what happened in a relationship? And Che goes, I do. I'm a stand-up. That's what I do. I talk about the bad things that happen in my life. And Miranda goes, oh, so I'm a bad thing that happened in your life. Okay. I never thought of you as, as a bad thing. But I do now. And where were the jokes about what a fucking mess you were? And Che was like, well, I was getting to them. <laughs> Fuck you, Che. And fuck you, Carrie. And fuck you too, Aiden. You guys are bad friends. Now, here you are tooting, 
toot your horn about how Miranda cuts people off too quickly and you're such a good friend of Che and you're such a good friend of Steve and blah, 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 like making her feel all guilty. Now, your, your friend Che said horrific things. Things that don't need to be said on the stage simply because you're a comedian. You can make a lot of different types of jokes if you're funny. If you're actually funny, Che. Why am I getting mad? They're not even real. Um, But fuck you, Carrie, for real. Like, I cannot believe that you would sit and let your friend be humiliated like that and not even, like, leave with them. You didn't even leave with her? (laughs) That's so wild. Bad. Bad friend. Guilted Miranda led her right to the slaughter, didn't you? (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible person. And then it gets worse. It goes from worse to worse because bald Toby comes out to check on Che. Oh, how are you? And Che's like, yeah, you know, guess who that was? Fuck you, Che. And like, what? Now Che's the victim. Why am I always having to explain who I am to everyone? Like, I'm so fucking tired of it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a comedian. Like, like as though comedian is a part of their identity. And why should I have to explain who that is? Like, I'm podcaster. <laughs> I do beach. <laughs> why do I have to explain this to people? You talked, you did a whole set about Miranda's pussy and how confused and, and, and weird it was, but now you're sick of being labeled. And how, and making fun of Miranda, like, trying to figure out their sexuality and what they like. But you're tired of being labeled. Okay. Okay. So Chase says sorry to Toby and is like, you know what? Actually, I'm not sorry. And Toby's like, you know what? Good. Good. You need to own all your feelings. And there's nothing hotter than like a strong NB person to me. And then they walk home together from Brooklyn to the train. I don't know. But like, Toby, you saw (laughs) your future. You saw if you break up, Chase is going to be talking about your pussy. Just like they just talked about Miranda's. And you were like, yeah, let me escort you home. Okay. Now, Toby, you deserve that. You and your little conductor hat deserve everything that you're about to get. And just like a little hint from me to you, if you meet somebody who's like, don't apologize to your ex, like you don't deserve to do that run because they're about to do you so much dirtier, way dirtier. Think about (laughs) run. So finally, Charlotte comes back home wasted. She's taking her heels off at the door and is like living her best life, right? Everybody runs to the door like, Mom, Charlotte, where have you been? And she's like, I texted you guys because I'm slaying at work and we took some shots, okay? And Harry's like, well, we were worried about you. You could have at least texted us back. She's like, but I threw my phone. I don't know where it is. It was so funny. And then Rock has the nerve to call Charlotte gross. And Charlotte just let the chopper spray out all of them. Just like, hey, yo, I was a person before you, before all of you. I am more than your wife and your mom's. And you guys need to get that and get it together. Now, come on, Richard Branson. Look, we're going to sleep. (laughs) And we have to give Charlotte two claps on that one. Because, thank God, grow up, all of you, Harry included. Now, you... Coming up as a team of three against me. Grow up, Harry, and call Grubhub. My God. 
So the episode ends with now the night before moving into their new place, Carrie and Aiden. They're at the hotel, and Aiden asks Carrie, do you remember telling Che that, like, you made some mistakes in our relationship? Well, that got me thinking. It got me thinking about how I'd also made mistakes in our relationship, like, being so determined to lock things down that I didn't realize that that's not all it was, that's not all it took in a relationship. Basically... I couldn't force you into marrying me, so I forced you into a lease. And, like, the reason why I don't want to go back to the apartment is because I'm afraid I'm going to get mad at you all over again, which feels like maybe something to talk about or unpack, but we couldn't do that because ring, 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 Kathy calls saying that Wyatt, their youngest son, is in the ER after driving his truck into a tree and broke his collarbone. So now Country Alert's got to hightail it back to Virginia, right? Also that same night, Lisa wakes up Herbert again and says, I'm bleeding. And when he's like, all right, let's go to the hospital. She's like, yeah, but I think it's too late. And she had this kind of look on her face that was interesting. And I'm interested in seeing what happens next week with that. So the next morning, Carrie's now by herself. She's going to the new place, told Country Lurch, I'm going to at least get the bed set up so that we can sleep here on our first night, right? First, she gets a call from Miranda. Miranda's all like in a tizzy and is like, you know what? After last night with Che, I don't want to go to that last supper. But Carrie, who should be apologizing to Miranda for being a horrible friend, is like, I don't have time for this girl. We're not in high school anymore. You're not going to hide from your exes until summer break. And Miranda's like, yo, that's not fair. <laughs> you didn't hear what Che said to me outside. But it's like, I'm thinking, uh, but she heard what Che said inside and that should be enough to be like I want to break but no Carrie's like I'm not talking about Che actually I'm moving the goalposts and I'm talking about Steve you don't know anything that's going on with Steve's life and it's like she's divorcing him why does she need to why does she is Steve trying to be friends with her no he told her you didn't want to marry me or have our child last time they spoke so <laughs> who's who's really trying and also now that I'm thinking about it, when Che was calling uh, Carrie to be like, oh, is Miranda ghosting me? Um, because really, I don't care. I just like need her to pick her shit up. Were you telling uh, Che, why don't you foster a good, better relationship with Miranda? Why don't you guys try to be friends? Try to say something that would like turn it into a situation. You know, no, but no. Now we're just making Miranda feel guilty. You're my friend. You're my friend. And you're coming. Bye. <laughs> Bitch. And so I hope next week what happens, that call between Samantha and Carrie is Carrie getting cursed out by Samantha being like, Miranda told me what you did or really didn't do over that comedy concert. Bitch. I was a real friend to you. You don't know how to be one. Cheerio, because I'm still in London or Paris or whatever. Au revoir. Bye. And then Aiden calls... To tell Carrie that what Kathy didn't tell him the first time was that Wyatt also broke his leg in two places and the collarbone. And what happened was he got in a fight with Kathy, snuck out, got the 30 miles back to the farm, drank some beers, and then started driving back and hit a tree. And so Carrie's like, why would he want to be at the farm? (laughs) I don't know if that's the only question, but he says, well... 
he said that he wanted to sleep at his dad's. And so Aiden starts breaking down, obviously. He's really upset. And he's like, I should have been there. And all Carrie says is, he'll be okay. Breaks heel. Like, honey. <laughs> that is like a, a small issue compared to what all the other things he just said. But okay. And then we end the episode with Carrie saying, and just like that, for the first time, I was worried. And you know what? I think she might write, may be right. I think this might be the first time in Carrie Bradshaw's life that she's actually felt the emotion of worry. Now, is it for reasons that are unselfish? No. No, no, no. She's like, get that cast on that kid. Get him back into Kathy's house and in the bed he can't drive back. Get back into this apartment, sir. We got a bed to sleep on. So we'll see what happens at the finale. Are we getting a, a season three? I don't know, you guys. <laughs> I don't know. But we'll talk about it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. <laughs>